Life is a roller coaster in itself. The knowns and the unknowns, the struggle, the joys and disappointments, the trauma, the loss, and all the moments in between that seem to come full circle. In the midst of the lives we live daily, oftentimes unexpected curveballs enter into our airspace. Those moments compiled affect us in the physical, immerse themselves within our mental, emotional, and spiritual beings. These moments are powerful and create a story, your story, a story where you can be empowered to thrive and not just survive. This is the Power of the Pea podcast. Welcome back to the Power of the Pea podcast. This is your host, Tiffany Cepeda, author, life coach. We also have my husband here, Nelson Cepeda, also life coach, entrepreneur, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? How you doing? Just getting back from a short getaway with the wife so we can connect, so we can talk about things and and uh, talk about our life, what we want for 2024, um, just different shifts to make sure that we're always connected in ways that builds our faith, builds our trust. And that's kind of like what we're going to be talking about today, faith and trust, because they sound the same, but they're very different. Yes. So really excited. It's going to be a good one. I think that it's going to be very, well, I hope it's eye-opening, but I think it'll be very eye-opening. I think that this, there's been a a big misconception, even for me, honestly, growing up in church. uh, To me, I've always thought, you know, this concept of faith and trust are one. And another thing too, is we've had some really awesome things that the Lord has been doing in our personal life and meeting us when we've really needed it most in unexpected ways, which I think sharing these stories, right, um, is very empowering and encouraging for one another. And I'm a huge advocate of, you know, storytelling and sharing testimony and things like that, because it actually does build this whole thing called faith and trust, and it helps people feel seen and heard and related to and connected. And that's actually the the whole goal of the Lord. So, um, and that's what humanity needs and wants. And so I think that there's been this big misconception of, you know, what does faith even mean? Like, what does it really mean to have faith, right? I feel like there's this, it's such a big churchy term. And I don't feel like it's explained super, super well. Um, and sometimes it can be very generalized of like, okay, but how does that apply in this situation that I'm in or in this area of my life or whatever it may be? And so I'm excited to dive into this topic. But yes, we did have a getaway um, and it was so great. We went to the Bahamas, three-day cruise. And I highly recommend, this is a new tradition we have started a couple years ago where we try to get away for a couple days in the first of the year, even if you just do a staycation and we always plan and pay for our trips a year in advance. So I share this because it's such a great thing to do for every relationship and anything is doable if you create a plan that is manageable. And so when you plan in advance, it gives you the opportunity to create this manageable plan that you can budget accordingly based on your own situation for the year and what you want to have happen for the next year. And it's cool because it's something you can look forward to. And I think it's such an important way to start the year to just reset and refresh and rest. We do a lot of sleeping because we have four kids and busy lives. And so it's great to literally sleep in and to rest, but also to just have fun and reconnect outside of the daily 
life and work demands. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's such a healthy thing that we recommend for all relationships. And even if you're single and you're not in a relationship, it's a great thing to redo and reset for yourself. Sometimes we all need that alone time and that one-on-one time from the grind of life and the responsibilities. And so even if you you know, don't have a significant other. It's still something we highly and strongly recommend for your mental, emotional, and even your spiritual health. It's such a good thing to do to quiet down and plan and really focus on what it is that you want for the year. So we are back and we're going to dive right in. Well, you know, mentioning that, we're not saying that you have to go away and stuff like that, but for us, especially for me, you know, if if you don't have kids, you know, you say, I don't even need to leave because, you know, I don't have kids. I don't have things to do. I just want to stay home or something. And we're not against that. But for me personally, let me tell you something. I can't stay home all day and not do something like my brain is just not wired that way. Like I have to like, oh, man, you know what? Now I got time. I should do this or I should wash the car or I should vacuum this or I should clean this and I, I should do that. I just can't sit for an entire day. And so we're very intentional on making sure that the things that we are very habitual on, me, myself, I like to get things done and and just to see productivity. It's like, no, you know what? We're going to go away. I don't care what it is, even if it's just local. We'll break away for a couple days, a nice three-day, two-night, four-day, three-night, just something to regroup look at each other, reconnect, talk about what we want for the new year. And those are things that are very, very good and healthy, not only uh, mentally and, and physically. Physically, I say because, yeah, you know, I loved it. We we slept, we relaxed, we just uh, laughed about things. But here's the drawback. We got back. Listen, I got to tell you this. We got back and we were so used to, yeah, we were on the ship and we were eating at any time. You know, we were like, you know, it's it's like nine o'clock. Are you hungry a little? So, yeah, I'm hungry. So we go, let's just go get a pizza or something. Yeah, let's go get a pizza. So we get up and we go and we go get something to eat, you know. But when we got back, it was like 9 30, 10 o'clock again, and my stomach started like gargling. And I was like, man, I'm hungry. And I was like, man, I'm not on the ship. So we had to like intentionally get up and go get something to eat. And not that we couldn't cook, but I just kind of liked the fact that I didn't have to cook, I didn't have to do anything. So it's kind of good to just get away, regroup, and, and assess and grab the best and leave the rest. Learn from what happened in the year prior. Adjust to it. Overcome the things that you don't like. Uh, get towards those things that you do like. And and you know what? And then just kind of add to the mix. And, and like I said, grab the best and leave the rest. And we talked about our trust in one another, our faith in how the Lord has been working with us. And uh, fine-tuning us. And, you know, it just came up with this topic. Faith and trust. Like, wow, those are two huge things. I mean, we got people that we trust. I have friends and family that I trust. I don't know if I have faith in them, you know. I mean, that's just, just got to say how it is. Um, but, you know, there is a difference. And and dive into that, hun. Tell them about it. Yes, for sure. So, Faith and trust are completely different things. We'll also share like a personal story too that happened to us last week, I think. Um, So anyways, faith, 
cannot happen if you don't first have trust. You have to have the foundation of trust first before faith can even come into existence. And that's one of the reasons is because faith is actually an action. Faith, that's why if, I'm sure a lot of us, even if you don't go to church or read the Bible, have probably heard this term, faith without works is dead. Meaning just that faith is an action. It is works it is doing something because you trust in something first to happen and so if you don't take a step in action hence faith then that thing that you are hoping for because you have a trust already that it can happen will not happen there's an opportunity for it you have to have an action hence faith without works is dead so a quick example right there's if you read you know the Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, the first four books of the New Testament, there's so much amazing history. It's like this incredible, exciting history book, right, of all the things that the Lord has done when Jesus was here on earth, literally from his birth to when he died on the cross, when he rose again, he even comes back and he, you know, prophesies and tells and warns his disciples, hey, I'm going to come back. You're going to see me again. And um, he does, you know, these miracles for them. And we have all heard, I'm sure, of the different miracles and stories throughout the Gospels of what Jesus has done. Um, and one key thing, if you really study the Scripture and you really study the link of you know how the Lord operates when it comes to this concept of faith and trust, is any time you see somebody in the Bible that needed to be healed, right, or was wanting some miracle to be done or performed uh, for them through Jesus— they would first trust that Jesus could actually heal them or do whatever it was that they were asking him for. They didn't know if it was for sure going to happen, but they trusted and knew that if there's anyone that can do it, he can do it. So I'm going to go up to him and I'm going to ask. That's where the faith comes in. And so them asking him, hey, can you please heal me? Because I'm blind. I can't see. I want to see, right? This is one of the uh, miracles and examples in the gospel. Jesus says, yes, because of your faith, you've been healed. And so that only comes into play, his the healing, right? Because first there was this foundation of trust that, you know, they believed Jesus could do this. And then the faith comes into play of, I'm going to ask anyways, and I'm going to hope for that it's going to happen. And Jesus then honors that. And it's like, okay, because I see your faith, I'm going to do it. There you go. You're healed. And so it's just this really cool thing when you first really study this whole concept of what does faith mean? We hear this a lot thrown around. This term is really, really, I think, overly misused. And um, I don't think it's been super explained very well. Um, And Sometimes we get stuck on like, okay, you know, I've had this told to me. Well, you just have to have faith. It's all going to work out. Okay, well, what does that really mean, you know, in my situation? And I think what it comes down to is what are you putting your trust in? You have to go down to the root. What are you putting your trust in? Are you putting your trust in the money? Are you putting your trust in the God who can provide the money and make a way? And so this was actually something, for example, that happened with us 
last week we had this budgetary thing that we really needed and we just didn't know how it was going to happen where it was going to come from we had been praying all month and we were like okay lord i know your character and i've seen again going back to testimonies i've seen the things you have done in the past years with us and how you have you know fulfilled and answered and provided even when we didn't see how it was going to happen you've never ever ever let us go without ever and boom Right after I was actually, I dropped Quinn off from school and I was praying in the car and it just really came on my heart. And I just started praying. I was like, Lord, I believe and know that you are who you say you are and you cannot be unfaithful because you are faithful and you cannot deny your character. And I know it's going to happen. I don't know how, but I believe it. Boom, I got home and Nelson texted me and he's like, you will not believe what just got deposited into our account. And it was like above and beyond, you know, three times what we thought we were going to be getting. And so it's just like, I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, like you're just so cool. And again, that's an, a practical everyday example of what it is to have faith is first there's that trust, even though you don't fully know how it's going to pan out, you just trust and you know, it's going to work out. And I know who my God is and he cannot deny his character and he cannot be unfaithful. So boom, there's that trust. So then what do we do? We ask, we hope that's where faith comes in this action, right? And he always follows through. So it happens different for everyone, but that's just a little personal, like very recent story, but you can read and I encourage you to read throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and watch the gospels and, and how Jesus interacts with every single person, every dynamic, all these different situations and how he comes through because of their trust first and then their faith, their action uh, with him and their dynamic. And I really think that it will speak to you and you'll be able to have some aha moments of how it can come into play in your own life. Um, but again, faith is, you know, biblically defined as this unwavering trust in God. No matter what, you may not see the the clear path. You may feel as stuck as anything. We have been there many times and you may just not know. And it may be even feel like an impossible situation. And you may feel frustrated and angry and whatever it may be. But you just have this unwavering trust regardless of your emotion. And when you can have that root, then it makes it so much easier to act in faith. Um, which if you want to know what the biblical definition of faith is you can actually go into the book of hebrews it's like the faith chapter hebrews 11 um and i'll read it quickly hebrews 11 1 it says now faith is the assurance of things hoped for it is the conviction of things that are not seen so that's one um what do you want to call it not interpretation nlt one uh version through the NIV, the NLT version. This is the version I like to read. Um, it says, ooh, where did it go? All right. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hoped for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. So, you know, it's an action and it is impossible. It says, if you jump down to Hebrews eleven six, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe and trust that God exists 
and he will reward those who sincerely seek him. And there's a quick example. If you, I'm sure we've all heard the story of Noah and the flood, right? Uh, you jump down to Hebrews 11:7. It says, "It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood." Okay, back then people were like, "You are crazy! No one has ever built a boat before out of gopher wood just because nothing is coming. There's no floods coming. Everyone was just living their life like we are here in society." doing you know our normal things going to our jobs still getting married having parties hanging out with friends family kids going to school like it was life as normal and here's noah who's doing what god asked him to do which sounds crazy very unusual but he obeyed god who warned him about things that had never happened before and because these things had never happened before noah still because of his trust in god he was had the ability to then obey him and basically act out in faith by building the ark okay so and then it says by his faith noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes only through faith it was by faith that abraham also another story obeyed when god called him to leave his home and go to another land and trusted that god would give it to him as his inheritance even though he went without knowing where he was even going um, and so it's, it's, there's so many examples in this chapter, Hebrews 11, of what it means to have faith. And I think reading and studying these things, again, I always encourage you to read scripture in context. It's so important. So you are reading it for how it was written and not how you think it should be written. Um, and you will just see how these little things can also play into your life too. You know, that's that's so awesome because so many times I think about even like our relationships, our personal relationships. You know, I, I trust you. You trust me. Uh, we even talked about today about being loyal and a and, uh, whole bunch of stuff that, that has to do with just trusting one another, whether we're with each other or not even around each other. And there's there's a verse that stands out to me about trust, trust and faith. You know, Psalms 56, 3 and 4 says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. Now, you know, Tiffany had mentioned about the fact that we got some funds that were totally a lot more than what we even thought. Yeah, you know, when it's not just about money. It's about anything. Whenever you get this doubt, it's actually a form of fear. You, you have doubt because you're afraid something's not going to show up. You're, you're afraid because you don't know if it's going to be as good as you thought it would or whatever. Not just money, but anything in life. But you have to trust. You know, it's like, here's a weird, corny example of faith and trust. If I look at a chair, I have faith. You can come into a place, you look at a chair. You look at a chair, I have faith that it's sturdy, right? So I'm going to go sit down in it. And, and I rely that... The chair is going to be able to support me and I and my trust is demonstrated by the faith that I had when I actually sat down in it because I kind of knew it's going to hold me. I just kind of knew. Well, that's our faith like in God. You know, I know that when I trust him, I have this hopeful, unseen thing that's going to show up. Why? Because I trust him. It's no different than having a good friend. I only have like two friends, two good friends that that I trust and I have faith in that if I call, I know they're going to answer, especially if I call at a time that I typically don't call. They know I'm going to pick up because that's not common of him and vice versa. There are people that I trust that I have faith in that. You know what? If something can push, come to shove, I have faith and I trust that person's got my back in any facet. And that's listen in today's world and in any world. That's not something that's very common. 
if I'm going to go find a job, if I have my trust in my own ability, I have faith that when I show up to that that interview, then I'm going to get the job. Not because I have the job, but I have faith in the fact that, you know what, I'm going to get this job. I have trust in my ability when I show up, but that's the action. I got to go to that interview. I have to go answer those questions. I have to know and have trust in my abilities to get the job. And when I got the job, I have faith that I have it and that I'm going to keep it. Why? Because I trust in my abilities. I trust in my Lord. I trust in what he's given me and what he hasn't given me because he tells us that he'll give us things that we cannot understand. And that, guys, listen, when you grasp that, when you actually realize that, and it sounds corny, but it is the facts. When you understand the God that serves us, that gives us the things that are seen and unseen, we are the biggest, weakest link to what God wants to give us, wants to show us, and wants to direct us in. It is our doubt. It is a form of fear. It is a form of us being afraid of what can come, whether it's success, an awesome relationship, our monetary needs that we want for something for success that could be money or what we drive or what we look like or what people think about us. It is our doubt that keeps us refrained from the success in life. And success may be different things to different people. And I'm not telling you just because you have a big house, you have an awesome car or a lot of money that's successful. No, far from it. Success can come be the simplicity of life, of you understanding who you are and who God has you to be in the journey and the character that you have within you. That in itself is success. Everything else is kind of like icing on the cake. But if you follow God, I can guarantee you Without a question of a doubt, isn't to me. I'm telling you from so many testimonies, I can guarantee you that when you put your faith and trust in God, you will be blown away because the things that show up from that, and it's not going to be like tomorrow. It's not going to be next week. It could be in the next hour. It's up to him. But depending on where you are with your character and your faith and trust with God, be careful because what's going to show up is going to blow you away. You're going to ride the wave. There's a song that I was talking to Tiffany about. It's called Wave by Beck. I don't know the guy's name, uh, the whole name, but there's such a profoundness in this song. It talks about a wave. Waves are, you think about that. Think about the ocean. It's a huge wave. We were thinking about that today, reminiscing about the, the ship and the cruises. And I was talking to a friend of mine. He's like, there's no way I'd be out in that dark water and stuff. And I was like, you know what? The wave is the wave. I have trust. I got on the ship. And I have faith that it's going to float <laughs> and it's going to get me to where I'm going to go. And you know what? If not, there's a whole bunch of boats on this boat that I can get into too. And I have faith that those boats, if this boat goes down, will float to keep me going. So this song represents riding a wave that if I fight it, I will actually go under. But if I surrender to it, I will actually be riding the wave and I will allow it to take me to a destination unknown. And that is like our faith and trust with God. It is that wave that comes unto us. I trust my Lord and I don't know where it's going and I don't know what's coming, but I know that if I ride the wave of faith, I know that my destination will be a lot smoother than if I fight against it. Because if I fight against it, then I will drown. I will actually be so suffocated in this world. And I personally, and my wife as well, we choose to ride the wave of faith. Yeah, and it's not always easy. I think that's the other thing is sometimes there's this um, underlying, like, what is the word? I feel like I'm losing my words today. 
like this expectation, I guess. Maybe that's the word. Well, you know. That. You say expectation. It's really doubt plays against your faith. And our carnal mind, let's not forget this. There are things that are spiritual, physical, and emotional. We know this. All right? The whole trinity of life. If you know and feel that it's coming, you ever you ever had that feeling where you just know what you know what you know, and you know that you know that you know it? You just know. That's Even though you don't see it, you haven't heard it, or you just know what you know. Let me tell you something. That is a conviction. And faith doesn't come from the mind. Let me, let, me, let me be very clear with you on this. Faith can be fooled by the mind. Things show up when you don't expect it. Things show up when you know they'll show up. And not through your works. And not through what you think will happen. Because you can't think about it. You just got to walk on it. When you walk in faith, things show up. When you walk towards God, he shows up. When I walk towards anything, it shows up. For me to get out of a door, for me to get out of my room, I have to get up out of bed, walk towards the door. The door will show up closer and closer. And then guess what? The next action for me to get through it, I have to grab the handle, open it, and walk through it. Well, guess what? What's on the other side is the exit to life. When I go to work, I have to go out, get in my car, and go. Well, guess what? When you're walking towards faith and you open up that door to faith, what's on the other side is the freedom that God's will will take over and not your will. Yes. And that's, you know, the action part. And and sometimes I feel like people ask that of like, what does it mean to walk towards God or walk towards faith? Like you're saying, and really all that means, it sounds kind of like, you know, this churchy term, but all of it, all it really means is that you're taking action to go in that direction. So when we say, you know, walk towards God, that could mean spending time with him in prayer and really being honest and real and vulnerable. Lord, I don't know if you're even real, but I'm going to talk to you just like I'm talk to my friend, you know, and I'm going to hope that you answer or you show up or show me a sign of some sort of thing. It could be spending time and reading the Bible, getting to know it's truly a living word. It will really speak to you and speak to you, meaning like you're going to read something and it's going to hit home. Like, oh my gosh, I feel like that was written just for me. And that's what that term really means. And it's just really this amazing, you know, thing when you really get to know and learn. And that's kind of what we mean when we say walk towards something, know and learn it, um, you know, get to understand it better. And walking in faith is just that it's just taking an action in the area and the direction that you have already laid your trust and your foundation in. And you're just walking towards that in the sense of taking the next steps, knocking on the doors to see what opportunities open and trusting that if it's you know, the right time and the perfect will of the Lord for that to happen for you, then it's going to happen. And I think sometimes we think where there's this um, expectation that faith is easy. It's not easy. It's never meant to be easy. If it was easy, everybody would be walking in faith. Everyone would be trusting in the Lord. Everybody's lives would be so much smoother and easier. Um, But faith grows us. And it's intentionally designed to help refine us. We are always learning. We are always growing. And faith is 
what really, I think, stretches us. We've heard this term sometimes of like, stretch your faith, right? Uh, really, it just means that you're going to be growing outside of your comfort zone and experiencing things that may be outside of your comfort zone to get you to the next level or the next step in your life or what it is that you've been hoping and praying for and, and trusting in. And, um, and it's okay that it's not always easy. It's not designed to be easy, but the reward that comes with having that foundational trust and really walking in faith and knowing, like it was saying, you know, you have to have this unwavering trust in God in order to walk in this level of action. That reward when you do that is so incredible and also builds confidence, not just between you and your relationship with the Lord, but it also builds confidence in your own faith and also even in yourself and it grows your character and we talked a little bit about our character a couple episodes ago and that is is like everything no one should ever be able to mess with your character and faith is one of the biggest ways to actually grow and refine and mold and shape your character as well yeah that's so good you know it's it's hard in, in the sense of how do you trust and in, in have faith in god um, especially with so many distractions in this world. I mean, there's so many things that will take you away from the belief of, of goodness and the belief in, in what's going on. Well, I would tell you seven things that I try to practice, seven things that are that are pretty helpful, at least for me. I'm not telling you to do this, but I am telling you to probably help and you probably can relate to this. Uh, like the first thing I do is I, I, is I trust in, in Scripture. I trust in the book of life, the manual. It's no different than, you know, who hasn't brought a... a, a, a What's, a, what's something, an example? Like a vacuum. Let, let me tell you something ridiculous. A vacuum. When you buy a vacuum, it comes in like usually four or five pieces. You got the handle, you got the wires where you got to put it, you got the holes where you got to connect it and stuff like that. After you brought the same vacuum, you kind of already know how to put it together. But you might get a different one. You might buy a Bissell instead of a Hoover or whatever. And what do you do? You grab the manual. You grab the man and you start looking at pictures and then you got to go in order, right? You got to go number one, number two, you get to the three picture. You look at the things that look similar. You look at those things because you're reading the manual or trusting in the truth that's inside that manual. Well, guess what? If you want the manual of life, look in the truth in scripture. Scripture has the truth. There's no doubt in scripture, period. It, it is what it is. It's not gray. It's not something that, that you need to say, well, I wonder if, if you're saying I wonder if, then you're not understanding the, that you're not seeking the truth. You're trying to find the doubt in it. Now, don't get me wrong. Number two is another one. Number two is like confess the unbelief and be honest about that. You know, there's certain things that you may not believe that you, you man, I just don't understand this or I don't understand that. That's okay. That's okay. You know, another one that we share is number three is we share our, our concerns with uh, with each other. You know, I have some doubts sometimes. Sometimes, man, I don't know how this is going to show up. And, I don't, and she'll tell me, my wife will tell me, hey, this and that. Or I'll call my friend, look, man, you know. And that's about community. That's about sharing your, your concerns with the community so they can kind of watch your back or have your back or give you that confidence again. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a support structure, guys. My kids, when there's something going on with them, they come to me. Why? They have the confidence that if they share a concern, whether it's putting a toy together, whether, whether it's something that needs a new battery, they have to trust that when they bring me that toy that's no longer working, that when I give it back to them, they have the faith that they're going to receive it back working order so they can get back down and play. Now, number five, 
And number four, actually, is remember God and spend time with him. Because God's always, listen, God is always going to be bigger than your circumstances. Because that's really what it is. Just because there's an obstacle in the way doesn't mean that God's not working. Sometimes God is working in those circumstances. He's just seeing whether or not you're going to have the faith and trust him the way you've been trusting when things have been going good. Going back to number five, look for the things to be grateful for. The things that you've already received when you already asked for and some of the things you didn't even ask for that showed up that you were happy about. Be very, very grateful for those things that you have. And then, of course, walk in the Holy Spirit. And that would be number six, I guess. Walking in the Holy Spirit is walking in that faith, is walking in that unknown territory, but that known territory of hope and wishful thinking that you know that God's got your back. And lastly, is wait on the Lord, man. Wait on him. Because sometimes our timing is very different than his timing. And let me tell you something. It's turned out like that a lot for my wife and I. It's looked very different than what we thought. But I can guarantee you this. When we waited on the Lord, it looked a lot better than the timing we thought that it would show up. It always shows up a lot better than what we thought it would show up if we did it. And usually it's a lot later or a different time than how we are expecting as well. And um, I think I shared this in the last podcast. I can't remember. But, you know, going back to waiting on the Lord, haste makes mistakes. That's one of my favorite Proverbs. And it's so true. When you're hasty and you're quick to do something without um, just pausing, taking some time and really, truly, you know, waiting for what the Lord is going to do and waiting until he gives you true peace and clarity about a certain situation um, or decision, things like that, you will regret it every single time. (laughs) And a lot of times the chaos that comes in our lives, nine times out of 10 is because we were hasty. We did not do something in the right time. Um, We weren't willing to wait. And therefore, yes, you know, God can still meet you where you're at and rectify that situation. But you may have, you know, plan B, which is a bunch of bumpy roads that you have to ride on because of that hasty decision. And so it just really saves you a lot when you can learn and have this. It's really a discipline because it's very unnatural to our human nature. Our human nature wants to control. You look back into Genesis 1, the very beginning of the Bible, Adam and Eve. What did they do? They wanted to be in control. They wanted to be like how God was. They wanted to see the things the way God saw things. And therefore, they went and took the fruit from the tree that they were told not to. Why? Because of control, which is this is another topic we're actually going to talk on next episode so stay tuned for that and how when we are undisciplined in learning how to let go of this so-called control of our human nature that we is so innate in us um beautiful beautiful life happens um when we learn to not be hasty and truly learn how to wait and then lastly one of those things that i wanted to touch on too um, can you pull up that list again real quick? It had to do with a doubt. Oh yeah. So doubt, this is something, um, I actually just recently read and it's in the gospels and this is a prayer. I encourage all of you to pray whenever you do feel like you're having doubt. 
one of the most powerful things you can do is pray scripture over your life. Why? Because it's literally like the actual word of God and it holds so much power and weight and it will conquer so many circumstances, I'm telling you, in your life when you learn to really begin to pray the verses in the scripture over your life. And so this one in particular is perfect when you're in a season of doubt or maybe unbelief and it's, Lord, help me to believe my un... or help me to believe my unbelief. That is the verse. Um, and you can Google it. It will tell you the location. I just cannot remember the actual verse name and number. But um, this is something I pray often because everybody goes through it. Everybody experiences doubt. Everybody has seasons that are just so tough and so challenging. And sometimes it, it challenges our relationship and our it causes us to question our trust in the Lord or in where he has us or in what he's doing or even if he's good. And when you pray that, Lord, help me to believe my unbelief, you're literally praying the word of God over your life and he will help you overcome that doubt. It is one of the most powerful things. I Write it down on a sticky note. Keep it at your desk. I do it. And um, sometimes I'll just write specific verses that I know are really good for me to go into in my notes on my phone. And I'll just go back into my notes app when I'm needing it and read it and speak it over my life. Um, but it's really powerful when you begin to speak things over your life in your own voice out loud it really begins to rewire your brain. And that's why words are so powerful. And, you know, God reminds us of this, you know, words have the power to kill and destroy. And they also have the power to bring life and goodness. And um, again, that's also in scripture. I think it's in Hebrews. And so it's just really amazing when you begin to speak these things. They're so powerful over your life. They will rewrite your circumstances. They will rewire how you think and um, how you begin to live because in order to live and to take action, right, you first have to have the thought. And so again, going back to why we do life coaching is when you can learn how to master your mind, you, it will help you master so many areas of your life, emotionally, spiritually, physically, all of it. Um, and doubt is very normal. Everybody has it, even pastors, people that have, you know, studied the word for years. It is a normal tactic that the devil likes to use and our minds are a playground for him. And so when you can really hone in on that specific prayer and mean it, Lord, help me to believe my unbelief in this area. God will do it. He will meet you where you're at. So I hope all of that has been helpful and I'm excited to dive into a really fun topic in our next episode. Yeah, me too. You know, we can go on for a long time with this, but we are sensitive to your time. And I just wanted to say thank you to everyone that, that trusts us and have faith that, you know, every other week we're going to say some things that, that should help you. We hope helps you. Uh, we appreciate that because you know what? We have made it a commitment for ourselves to do it no matter what, if we've seen it grow or not. And we have seen it grow. And we ask you to help us make that grow. Why? Because you may know somebody that, that needs to hear some words of encouragement that maybe even lost some trust in themselves or don't even have faith. We encourage you to talk to those so that, yeah, they can, they can hear some things that maybe they need to hear. Um, but I want to thank all of you that do listen. And um, look, at the end of the day, we're not telling you that mastering your mind is all of a sudden you're not thinking of anything. We're telling you that, you know what, when you catch yourself, the sooner you catch yourself going astray from your purpose, 
That is mastering your mind so that you can have total faith in God. That's mastering your mind to catch it before it takes control and let you think you're in control. Guys, we thank you for listening. Good night. God bless. And until next time. Yeah, see you next week.